I want to introduce you to folk music band Draugablik from Sweden. They play songs of Norse mythology, the Viking Age, but more intriguingly, about the Dark Ages also known as the Migration Era, a dangerous time in Europe that helped seed the Vikings, who would appear some 500 years later. Draugablik is a Huno Gothic neo-folk band, and that's in reference to the Scythian-like Huns of Asia and the Goths of ancient Scandinavia. The Gothic tribes split and around half of them banded up with the Huns to bring down the Roman Empire, but that story requires its own episode. Here's a sample of Draugablik's song Serpents in the Mist. The band was also kind enough to let us include the full song with an exclusive not yet officially released music video at the end of this show. Just click the link in the description or go to draugablit.com slash winning to hear more. That's D-R-A-U-G-A-B-L-I-K-K dot com slash winning. They're also available on any music streaming service. This was a clip from their new song, Serpents in the Mist. Stay tuned until the end of this episode to hear the entire song. back to Forbidden Knowledge News. I'm your host, Chris Matthew. Today my guest is Owen Hunt. First, a couple of announcements. If you want to advertise with us, email me, forbiddenknowledgenews at gmail.com. We do have unbeatable pricing for advertising packages. We have individual ad options, and we work with you to produce the most effective ad possible for our audience. Our website is ForbiddenKnowledge.news. This is also the home of the Forbidden Knowledge Network. You're going to find some of your favorite podcasts from our community, Raised by Giants, Understanding Propaganda, Day Zero, Beyond Classified, and more. Forbidden Knowledge News is always available on Rockfin, Odyssey, Rumble, all podcast platforms. Rockfin is where you get our premium content. You also get all the premium content from every creator on Rockfin for only $10 a month. You can also create a free account and get access to tons of free content, including all our regular shows. You just go to rockfin.com FKN plus or click the link in the description to sign up. Finally, if you would like to help us with production of the Forbidden Documentary, email me or visit supportfkn.com, and we have a PayPal link in the description as well. Anything is greatly appreciated. Any donation of $5 or more, and you're going to get access to Corey Hughes' unseen research into the JFK assassination, which will be going in his upcoming book. You definitely want to check that out.
Today I want to welcome Owen Hunt. He is host of the Blue Collar Mystics podcast, creative producer at Shadow Walk Films, and the co-creator of the Blueprint to Happiness program designed to help you find and implement your life's purpose. Owen, welcome. How you doing? Uh, Doing great, Chris. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, man, it's great to finally have you on. Long overdue. I love all the projects you got going on, man. You're you're one of those folks that's actually kind of providing solutions for an insane reality, and we need more of this. Uh, folks that proactively setting up, you know, sustainable systems for when our society eventually crumbles in the very near future. You know, we're gonna need to have our own stuff going on, right? Uh, so we're gonna talk about some of the stuff you got going on, and you know, uh, maybe get into some weird shit. But this is your first time. I'm on. Uh, for those that may not be familiar with you, tell us about yourself and uh, where your path has led you so far. Sure. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> this is going to be such a good interview. I'm really, really excited to be here, man. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah I, I, my name is Owen and I uh, consider myself to be a blue collar mystic. So trying to take this esoteric, crazy bananas stuff and just make it as clear and understandable as possible. Um, I really believe that Regardless of what the story is, um, you know, if it's Gnostic or simulation or whatever, I mean, does it really matter? Like, there's nothing we can do about it. So I think the best gift is to really just be our authentic self, you know, and uh, nobody can really explain reality or I haven't met anybody who can uh, so far. So we're all kind of on this journey. And I think it all really, it falls back into the self. And so my journey has led me to that realization uh, to finding purpose and meaning that I can durably continue to use as fuel and motivation to keep me moving every day. Um, and, uh, and I think that's everybody's birthright. I think we all deserve to feel good about our work and what we do and what we represent and our values and all of that. I, I think it, it all comes back to just alignment between, between our soul and our mind. And, uh, and so that's really what my focus is on. I wouldn't say that I've perfected it, but I've definitely been undergoing the practice for a long time and um, learning so freaking much, you know, uh, a lot of the creative stuff, really, I think we're all creators, truly, you know, and, and there's so many different ways to create. It doesn't mean, you know, TV shows or poetry or whatever, but, uh, but, I, but I am super passionate about that. And I love to see people fulfill their potential because we're capable of so much. And especially in this world where there's constant fear porn and the doom scroll and the bad news and this is happening and all this terrible stuff. It's like, if we can learn to insulate ourselves from that emotionally, which I've had to do, I think some people can just lean into more weird shit. Right. And they just have the more of an emotional capacity, but it's about that balance and really looking within and learning to discover our own gifts and talents and abilities and really cultivate those and be being that puzzle piece, right? Like, and, and defining it and knowing how it fits into place. So seeing ourselves, seeing reality, seeing a larger perspective and how we fit into that is something that I'm really passionate about. And I tried a lot, a lot over time to kind of figure out what am I here for? What is all this? What is about, you know, these great questions that we still can't exactly <laughs> pin down, but that's been my process of discovery. And, um, and it's been incredible actually. Like I'm stoked that I'm, it's brought me here to be able to talk to you because I, I know you explore a ton of stuff. And based on the interviews that I've heard of you, we have a very similar view on like, the one, 
all resolving back into itself. Right. Right. <clears throat> yeah, man. I love it. Uh, now for you, was there any kind of particular event that kind of set you down the path and started questioning reality or was it just always, you kind of had this sneaky suspicion that things were fucky? No, it, it, it kind of happened to me all at once. I mean, it was, it was like a, a sledgehammer to my reality when I hit 30. So my Saturn's return, if you're into astrology, but like, I really was, it was like, it was like my face got scraped across the pavement and it was, it was probably some dumb, like fear porn video on YouTube back then when, when YouTube was still really good. And you, you know, you had so many different weird shit on there, you know? Um, and, and that just led me down a path. And then I read 1984 and brave new world, which I hadn't read since like high school or whatever. And I saw them completely different. I was going through a breakup. So it was all these things just sort of stacked up on top of each other. And uh, my reality completely got dismantled. And then I had to rebuild it slowly over the next several years, um, kind of by myself, you know, I, it's, it's different now. (laughs) It seems like there's a lot more people out there uh, to kind of relate to about some of this stuff, but I felt very alone and isolated and went through a lot of different phases, I guess, uh, throughout the next several years. And um, I, I would say like I kind of settled uh, somewhere around 2018, 2019, and then 2020 happened. So. <laughs> yeah. So <that's, laughs> Now you've anyway. been involved with uh, entertainment business and you've been involved with comedy and think, like you said, things are, we're living in a completely different world now. And uh, you say something that doesn't go against the narrative and you're canceled. I mean, I can't even find like, I, I'm thrilled that Hollywood is crumbling right now. I'm thrilled that Netflix's numbers are tanking. I mean, this is what needs to happen because it hasn't been real entertainment for a long time it's been about propaganda and pushing woke culture and pushing whatever type of agendas are going on in the background doesn't even seem like it's about real entertainment or even making money for these production studios anymore uh especially when it comes to things that are you know uh, revolving around comedy and this is like there's nothing funny anymore I can't even you know I, I don't watch TV to begin with anymore I stopped a few years ago there's occasionally a movie I'll watch or something but I used to love stand-up comedy I used to love going see it and it's just like it's disappeared and I want to get your take on kind of everything that's devolved in the world of entertainment even pre-2020 I think it started around like 2015 or 16 right I would think so. Yeah. I mean, uh, Trump bumped him up. He had, he had a pretty good following, you know, (laughs) since they've discarded him. Like, I feel like the numbers just continue to dwindle down, but yeah, I mean, I think it's just been kind of slowly eroding the, the entertainment part. I mean, there's still a lot of people who are doing independent, you know, creations and stuff like that. And I think that gives them more of an opportunity to get out there. Let's hope at least, you know, uh, there are smaller app and streaming services now, um, like Tubi and some of these other smaller things that you can get on Roku and stuff. I don't really know what their ties are business-wise or any of that, but it, it at least offers the option or the possibility for some independent creator to publish, you know, on a, a more, I don't want to say real platform, but, you know, on a, 
subscription-based platform, what have you, more mainstream platform. Um, and I think YouTube is great and YouTube or, or the beginning of YouTube and these other streaming sites like it, where we've got Rockfin and Gab TV, Rumble, all, all these different ones. I think it's all great. And that shows that people want real, they want the truth is what they want. And, you know, we communicate in story. So we, we learn the, 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 the hero's journey, Joseph Campbell stuff. And every story really comes back to that, even our own. I think in a lot of ways. And so learning to communicate in story is a great way to weave propaganda. And so that's what, you know, people who study writing and story, that's what they're focusing on is how to, how to create a story that's compelling and embed certain ideas in it. Um, that's not off limits to anyone. Anybody can do that. And that's one of those, you know, creative talents that uh, I think we are all kind of innately writers a little bit, you know, uh, I, I didn't want to accept that, but I, I do believe, I, I do believe it myself now. Um, it doesn't necessarily, I think we all have different ways of expressing it, but you got to write stuff down if you want to remember it anyways. But that's been kind of, I think Hollywood's conjure, maybe from its inception. I don't know. And I mean, I, I think it's really cool to work on a production and work with a bunch of people to create something. And finally, you, you all work really hard and you're like, are we going to make it? And you make it. And then it happens. And then you get to see it on TV. And it's such a cool experience. And so many people really romanticize that industry, too, which I think it can be a little bit dangerous, right? Like you walk on set and everybody's so proud about what they're doing. Do they really even know what they're part of, you know? Um, and it, and it depends. Um, there's definitely varying scales to all of this, but um, I, I think it opens up the possibility for more people who are independent, people like Ryan Long, who I think is very funny, Tim Dillon, um, you know, several others. I could go on and on and list a bunch. Andrew Schultz. Uh, these folks are saying, you know what? That's fine. We'll just do it ourselves. We have the option. Mm. Tim Dillon even says, he's like, you have a phone and you, and that's, that's it, you know? And if you can't do it, you can't do it. So, right. you know. Well, we've uh, we've seen the levels of censorship and, and vote culture ramping up. And I'm surprised that Forbidden Knowledge News is still on YouTube. I mean, we get strikes all the time, and I managed to somehow shimmy around them. And now I'm just putting fucking clips up there. I'm not even putting anything that would even come remotely to uh, being canceled up there. But uh, that's all it's good for anyway. Uh, and we both have podcasts, and this is another thing that a lot of us are concerned about, that uh, you know, having our podcast canceled, and we won't even be able to get our word out that way. And uh, that goes back to you know, starting our own systems and things like that. But are you worried about uh, the world of podcasting? I'm not so worried about podcasting now. Uh, YouTube is definitely one of those places where you, it's really hard to get, you know, really meaningful stuff out. We'd still do our best. We get strikes all the time too, which kind of sucks. It sets us back and it's really frustrating, but it is what it is. You know, it goes along with back to the comedy thing. It's like, here are the rules that they're set out. And it's like, you you have you find a way around it you play with it you do the best that you can because you know getting booked in comedy right like well are you an interesting person are you a straight white male we don't want to hear what you have to say <laughs> you know what i'm saying like right. youtube's like if you talk about this this and this we don't want to hear so i think it's smart what you're doing you're using it to put clips out clips that won't you know get you a strike or or whatever and then people can find you through there and find you through the other outlets i think the other social media outlets are really good. 
Um, I, and that's why my friends at content safe are awesome. That they upload stuff to all the different platforms. You upload it once and then they make sure it goes through on BitChute or whatever. Uh, and there are people who really do have a vested interest in seeing this message messages be spread, you know, um, and, and then just helping content creators get their word out. Cause I believe in what you're doing, you know, everybody's got their own thing that they're bringing to the table that they're going to talk about, uh, and be able to implement and help people with. So I think it all has its place and it's really about just proliferating that. And I do believe the information is way more accessible than it ever had been previously when I sit down and think about it. Cause I don't know. I know you've been in the game a while. Like we, those early days, it, it was, it was different back then. And it was, <laughs> it was like, just... uh, it was like a Disney world of occult information on, on YouTube. It was wonderful. Now you can't find half of that shit or even less. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And, but there were so, it was so hard to interact with people and find other people to talk about it with. Right. It seemed yep. like at least, at least at that time, there were only a few that I could open up with about it. <laughs> oh yeah. You only had a couple of, you know, like people doing like uh, talk shows and things like that. You had these, uh, kind of elaborate conspiracy videos that everybody was looking right. at. And that sent me down some, some major rabbit holes as well, man. Totally. Uh, when, when 2020 hit and we started seeing everything that was progressing, did you have any idea that it would bring us to the level that we're at as soon as we are, uh, where we are now with food shortages, gas prices, uh, it seems like they had a, a failed, uh, COVID uh, experiment with the uh, mRNA jabs and trying to depopulate people. I don't know, man. Uh, it seems that things have progressed too fast and that they failed on a lot of fucking fronts. What do you think? Yeah, I think they definitely failed on a lot of fronts. I think, you know, when 2020 happened, I expected it to be much worse than what it is now. So, I mean, that helped me to create a little buffer in my mind. Like, okay, no matter how bad people over here are saying it's going to be, it's not going to be that bad. And no matter what the people over here are saying, it's not going to be like that either. Just anything that people, as soon as somebody says it's going to be a certain way, automatically a thousand percent chance it won't like you just defined it and it's going to fade you i just don't believe i just don't believe it i don't make predictions and i don't listen to other people's you know i i see the food shortages and, and those types of things i feel like society is just collapsing in slow motion is sort of what it feels like to me right like i even have a bit about it where i'm like talking about buying toilet paper with a credit card you know and paying interest on it you know and like having my own crisis and shit um but it's just misjud. It's like the misjudgment of it because it seemed like, oh no, when 2020 happened, it's all going to just shift really fast. It's all going to end right now, but it seems like it's just really slowly just kind of deteriorating more than it is collapsing. And that's what it looks like now. I don't know what happens in two months or five months or a year or, or what those, what, what is going to happen with, with people. I hope for the best. I think that's the point is to try to create our own networks, uh, do everything that we can to build community ourselves and just start, you know, inching our way that way. It's like, you don't even have to have all the answers. You don't even, you don't even have to know what the next question is. You just need to get to that next little place. Just do a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, Kaizen, a little bit at a time and just continue to build and form those relationships in those communities. I think relationship building is going to be one of the biggest issues if especially if things did collapse let's say you've got 
10 people in your neighborhood or whatever, and you guys have to figure some stuff out. It's, uh, it's going to come down to some pretty, pretty hardcore conversations, <laughs> pretty serious yeah. uh, problems to figure out. Um, so I think more along those lines, um, I don't, I don't really foresee some bleak, like apocalyptic future. I just see this like attempt at transitioning us into some more futuristic sort of transhumanist world. Um, but I don't think it's going to happen as quickly as I th- would have thought. I don't know. It's, um, it's oh. tough. It's tough. To, it's tough to say. And it, it makes you wonder too. You're like, well, should I even go and do X, Y, or Z? But I mean, I think no matter what is going on out in the world, um, you have to somehow insulate yourself from all of this and truly listen to what it is that you want to do. Um, I was reading this book the other day called The Instant Millionaire. It's an an older book in the 90s short. It's really good. But this guy, is he's teaching this guy and he's like, you'll soon learn that the only things that matter are mastering your destiny and finding your purpose. Everything else is insignificant. And so who cares what all these people are doing? It doesn't matter. Like they can do whatever they want and you can do whatever you want. And so we need to capitalize on that. It's every day is a choice for me too. Like I'll wake up and write every single day and I can write down. And sometimes, I mean, I I get, I need to vent and get negative stuff out there. I can write down stuff. That's what I don't have or what I wish I had had or whatever, or I can focus on the things that are really incredible. I I live a very charmed and amazing life. I've been on the river the past four days. Like it doesn't get much better than, than that, you know, like hanging out and actually being in nature, you know, doing something that I really enjoy and being around people that I like and then connecting with people that I share values with. Um, so I try to focus on those things and grow steadily um, because we have that choice really in every moment. It's like, we can think about like, and it's good to think about and plan for certain things that could happen and be prepared. But if we dwell too long in that, like it starts to become this little shadow follows us everywhere we go. And, you know, especially around 2012, this is what my, my heart goes out to people who are just waking up. It is like 2012, 2013, 20, those two years were dark, dark years for me, man. Like I really yeah. did have that cloud hanging over me. I wasn't myself. I couldn't be myself around people. It was hard and weird. And that's why I've gone down the path that I have to hopefully be able to help people who have, who are in that space who, you know, feel conflicted. And I didn't realize that my heart and my mind could agree. I I live my whole life in a little bit of a disconnection. Like I think we do mostly live in a cognitive dissonant state, even if we are awake, because I I consider people, you know, there are some spiritually awake people. And then there are some like realistically awake people. What do you call that? You know, or like even the term awake, I I mean, whatever. (laughs) I get it. But, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I think it's it's balance ultimately. And I think it's really important to cultivate that space within ourselves and show show ourselves and give ourselves the time. Like if we give other people our time and listen to their books, their podcasts, their whatever ideas, rantings, you know, <laughs> whatever it is, um, then we should also give ourselves that time too, because um, otherwise we just kind of like start spitting out other people's opinions and perspectives and we don't even know where it came from. It just 
It's just this thing. So I think it's important to take a little space, process that, and focus on, you know, what can you do? What can we do? What is your, what is, what is your purpose? Like, you don't have to use big words like purpose or destiny, but what do you feel good doing? What do you want to be doing with your time? Start thinking about that. Um, because you, I don't think there's, I don't, I don't think, I, I think it's very, I think it's very noble to want to like save the world and change the world, but you can see very easily through a lot of these movements, how, how simple it is to manipulate someone and their own empathy. Like your empathy can be used against you as a weapon, you know, when you, when you are going out and trying to save the world or this cause or that cause or whatever. Right. Um, so I think it's really important to really ask yourself the question, like, what do you want? It's not up to you to save the world for someone else. You know, we, we are the only ones who inhabit our body throughout this whole experience. And regardless of how the hell we got here, <laughs> I think we deserve fully to be enthusiasts in the body, you know, like to enjoy the human experience and not just yeah. have to suffer through it. Cause we really do have that choice in all times. Yes, man. Very well said. And you said you kind of experienced your, what you would call awakening process around 2012, 2013. And man, it was the exact same time for me. I was going through a dark time. I was going through a bad divorce and it was just something told me to just start looking for the things that I've always questioned. And, you know, I started on YouTube and then I went to, you know, books and things <laughs> like that. But yeah, and YouTube t took me on some deep dives though, back in the day. But what do you think it is with that time period do you think that that we are cosmically experiencing something that uh, is causing people to uh kind of snap online and awaken to things it's possible i don't understand astrology in a deep enough way to truly answer that question i, I do think there is something to astrology but i i'm not an expert in it um, but i do think so i think there's also a lot of pressure right and um we could go to David Hawkins model. Um, he wrote a book, he wrote a bunch of books, but he wrote a book called power versus force. Um, the idea being that power comes from within and force is external. And he made this like consciousness map where these lower forms of consciousness in this force realm. And then there are these higher states of consciousness in the power realm. You're empowered. It's like ineffables at the top, but you know, it's like reason and, and love and these types of levels of consciousness in the bottom. It's like hate and fear and shame and humiliation and all that kind of stuff in the bottom. Right. And so when, whenever people are using force, there's always going to be like this reaction, right? <laughs> and depending on where you're at in that scale, you're going to react completely differently. But the more these people are trying to control how things are going, the, the more resistance there's going to be to that. So I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, astrologically, it's quite possible to, I'll, I'll be, I'll tell you the truth is I'm sitting here like, okay, great awakening, uh, any day now, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know there are more people and there's more information, but I'm like, I'm ready, man. Bring them in, bring in the sheets. You know, I, I, <laughs> I want to see that. I want to see people being like, Whoa, dude. And cause I've spent a whole lot of time really cultivating that perspective and knowledge uh, to be able to help somebody out with that information, be like, Hey, let me give you the rundown. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like if somebody could have come to me in, in 2012, 2013, let's say, and been like, all right, dude, 
don't freak out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> let me, you know, let me let me tell you how it is. And it's all sort of one thing resolving into itself. So it's a development. It's a weird process. It's not going to be smooth. And one of the wisest things that one of my good friends said uh, was that if unconditional love uh, is real, then it would have to be tested. And so that's given me a lot of thought, <clears throat> but it goes back to that power versus force map, a model of consciousness. Don't put it on your YouTube channel because whoever runs uh, David Hawkins site will copyright strike you <laughs> for using the image, even oh, if you remake it. Oh, um, but it's a really cool map model. And, you know, like kind of you get you, you start at the bottom and it's like fear, humiliation, shame. And then you start to get up to courage. And, and it also the colors in it uh, correspond with the chakra. So it's red at the bottom and it goes all the way up, you know, to like indigo blue, but right about where it gets yellow, that's where courage is, right? Like that's really, you know, here in this, this area in the center and solar plexus, and then going up into heart is, is like purpose and that's green. And so like, once you kind of get there, then it starts to go up even higher into the higher and higher uh, levels of consciousness and awareness. So it's kind of this consciousness progression in a way. And there are many models. Like I really like Robert Anton Wilson's eight circuit model or Timothy Leary's eight circuit model that he talks a lot about in Prometheus rising as well. And you could line those things up because as above, so below, you probably even use the tree of life, whatever you'd like to kind of show this progression, this evolution that we are going through as a singular consciousness. But I also believe we're doing the same thing at a group level because as above, so below, you know, yeah. um, that whole model. <clears throat> Man, that makes that makes a lot of sense. And you mentioned people just waking up. It's got to be hard for, for people just to kind of come to terms with a lot of stuff going on. Uh, but I, I do think that there are more people uh, just kind of snapping online and realizing a lot of things lately. I've seen it in my own family, in my own circles. I mean, I talk to a lot of people who talk to a lot of people, and it seems like – uh, the the conscious uh, free thinkers may be the majority here, and that you know the the mainstream media and those in control would never ever let us know that. But I think that uh, it seems like we may be the the majority of people who aren't just putting up with these agendas. And I want to get your take on that. I'm seeing a lot. I am seeing a lot of resistance. Uh, I just was looking today a little bit. I can't help but scroll through Instagram. Um, you know, the farmers in Netherlands and, you know, these folks who are standing up and, you know, it's quite possibly right. You know, 100%, whatever we can be convinced of, that's the reality that we project, you know, that's the sort of quandary with being such powerful beings. Right. So if the media can poison us into thinking that we're, all, we're in this terrible hellscape, then sure, surely we live there. It was like that during the pandemic and it was, wild. I'll never forget the way it felt, you know, to, to be locked inside and like the one time a week or few times a week or whatever that you go out, it's just to the grocery store, but you can't even, you can't even talk to anybody or get close to them, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think, um, I think there's, that's very legitimate. I think this, at a certain point, the toothpaste has to come out of the tube and it can't go back in anymore. And we'll be able to be like, look, that's the thing that it is. It has to reveal itself. And I think, I think the way the rest of the world is handling it, it speaks well. You know, I don't know why it's always the U.S. last. I don't know why we have to always be last, but it seems like 
it's kind of good, I guess, in a way, because we can kind of see how other countries and places handle whatever is happening. And we can kind of think about it, maybe get a little better strategy going. Uh, it's like, I think that's why the convoy, right. Didn't really take off here in the U S and I feel like that thing was kind of preemptive anyway. They were just, people were excited, you know, based on what had happened with the Canadian uh, guys. But, um, but anyway, it didn't really catch on. Uh, I don't think it really needed to uh, as well, because I think a lot of people were just like, no, just no, you know, and that's a very powerful word too. everybody that I know who has been passionate about, like, who has decided, right, like, not to take the jab, right? And, like, they go to work, and they're like, you have until X date to take it. And they're like, okay, cool. And then they just, they don't say anything about it. And then they're like, well, you have until this date now. And then they're like, okay, cool, bro. And then they're like, okay, and now you have to do this. And then finally, they just drop it, you know? It's all an illusion. Because there's nothing they could... It is. It's all wizardry. It's all sorcery. It's all just a mindfuck, project mindfuck just trying to get you to, to accept that negative reality. And so you know, every day, man, I wake up, I have that choice and, <clears throat> and we all do. And I think the more that we can learn to choose that positive, the better things are going to get, and not just from like a subjective place, but I think that does add collectively to the whole. I, I do think it adds up. Have you ever wanted to be a superhero? Well, who doesn't? Although we can't promise you superpowers, we can help you feel like a superhuman with our friends at Ascent Nutrition. Ascent Nutrition is making a huge difference in this community, and they have a new product that we absolutely love, pine pollen. Last year, several prominent scientists started speaking out about the power of pine trees and the benefits they can offer us. Ascent Nutrition offers raw, wild-crafted pine pollen. Pine pollen contains 200 nutrients in it, making it a true superfood. It's nature's highest source of phytohormones, which support hormone and libido health for men and women. Pine pollen also supports brain health, detoxification, as well as many facets of cardiovascular health. Their pine pollen is selling fast, it's literally flying off the shelves. Ascent Nutrition is on a mission of offering deeply transformative and helpful nutrients to as many people as possible to help bring about a great collective shift in human consciousness and human health. To order your pine pollen supply and check out everything Ascent Nutrition has to offer, use the link in the description or visit GoAscentNutrition.com and use coupon code FKN to get 10% off your entire purchase. Hell yeah, man. Now, I do want to get woo-woo, and I want to get to some possible solutions and other things that you're working on. But I do want to get your take on uh, – this has been a kind of an ongoing conversation that I've had on my show and plenty of other people have had – is that it, what we're dealing with on a, an elitist scale, the globalists, uh, whatever you want to call them, if it's so much uh, – not so much of a pyramid structure but more of just kind of factions out there to rule. I mean just they uh, – they, they, they don't necessarily uh, like each other, but maybe they'll come together and work together. But they're really kind of competing over control or um, enslavement of humanity. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's so much of a pyramid structure, but I want to get your thoughts on it. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've speculated a lot about this and it's really interesting to think about because I mean, there, of course, it seems like there would be warring factions, right? And I used to have this friend who's kind of, you know, he's kind of more progressive and he would talk about this idea called inverse totalitarianism. And I was like, first of all, that's the scariest thing I've ever heard of. You know what I mean? Like that just sounds awful. Um, but, <clears throat> but basically the idea that there are checks and balances because there are other different factions and groups that are sort of competing against each other for these resources and things. Um, it appears to me to be that there is a very strong centralized power, at least at this point. Um, again, wizardry, sorcery, what, 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 what you put out there. Um, I think we have a lot more power individually and in smaller groups than we think we do. Um, but at the same time, there's certainly, you know, World Economic Forum website, you know, Agenda 2030, like these are very real and verifiable things. And I'm up in the mountains and I see people up there who are advocates for whatever the cause du jour is, right? And they're handing out pamphlets and flyers and doing their thing. And I'm like, damn, man, these motherfuckers are getting in here, right? Like they know how to infiltrate a fucking society. As I'll just say that, like it's 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 impressive. I mean, the Marxist uh, Marxist marketing is pretty fucking good. I feel like you could, uh, you you know, you could definitely see a lot of what the stuff that they're doing promotionally, uh, how powerful it is, and uh, and how. Yeah, how pervasive it is well, because it's it's everywhere. Now you mentioned it's 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 wizardry, and this is one of the levels that people kind of get to when they're when they're researching this stuff, and they stop is with these occult rituals and the things that uh, are more metaphysical that we're dealing with, and these spiritual belief systems that uh, kind of coincide with these these rulers and everything. And I think the bottom line behind. Everything that's going on right now is a spiritual war, is a a war to to keep humanity in a lower spiritual type of um, position and not able to consciously evolve in a certain way that, that we're supposed to. And I think that we're kind of breaking through that. But I think that's the whole idea is to keep us spiritually suppressed in a way. And it's a war on our consciousness. And uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's true. I think this has got to come down to DNA and bloodlines at some certain point. I'm not an expert in any of that kind of stuff, but like as far as like genetics and all this kind of stuff, that these are the questions that we're not allowed to talk about in society. And I do think it comes down to these types of things. You know, uh, I don't know if we're you know devolving or evolving, and but I mean junk DNA. Like I don't. <laughs> that's that seems odd. Um, you know, like having, having things like that seem very interesting to me. Uh, but I, but I, but I think that, I, I mean, I would take the angle that we're resolving, right. Like into consciousness, there's no choice ultimately, right. We could continue to follow that pyramid up. If it's inverse totalitarian, if it's completely centralized at the top is God. I mean, there's just no other way about it, you know, like be still and know that I am God is another, quote from that instant millionaire book. That's one of the mantras that he shares in there. Um, and that's famously, uh, an old, old mantra, but, um, but I, but I believe that too. It's like, uh, apocalypto, you know, it's like, don't let the negative, don't let it in. Don't let that shit in because it will stop you. It'll keep you from doing the thing that makes your heart sing, your soul sing in uh, reality. Transurfing Vadim uh, Zeeland says, stop trying to save the world. 
because it's a, it's a, it's a useless task. And just hearing that at that moment was like, okay, fuck it. I can let this go. You know, I'm, I'm free. I can, I can, you know, because I was living that way before, before I sort of had that experience in 2012, where I was like, I'm just going to do what's fun, you know? And, yeah. and that's what I was doing, but, it, but it felt empty, you know, cause I was just self-seeking pleasure. So it, it didn't have the depth to it. So when I hit that uh, transformation point, it, it really made me more aware of, of, of my impact, who I was, and let's start asking these questions to now get some depth. So while I may like a lot of the same things. Now I understand maybe why, you know, now I kind of get it and I can allow myself uh, to enjoy and experience certain things and really see the spiritual value in it instead of it just being like a superficial pleasure. Now it's like more of a joy. Um, And, you know, I I think that's how we do change the world is really like, you know, it's cliche as hell, but, you know, being the change um, because people will come to you like a fly, you know, if you can like, whoever reacts has the least amount of emotional control. If you can be unshook and just keep your perspective and be, be smiling about it and not get lured into somebody's stinky trap of trying to get you into an argument, you know, then all, then you have the upper hand and they're, they're actually going to trust you more. Even if they don't consciously trust you, they'll trust you subconsciously more because they're like, well, they're more certain. It's like a, uh, an NLP thing. You know, the most certain person, the person with the strongest frame, they might call it right. the strongest uh, view of reality. They're going to be the one who sort of wins, uh, everyone else's, um, uh, validation and, and, and trust because they have that strongest reality. They're the most convinced about it, which is kind of crazy, <laughs> but, yeah. but that's how it works. Now, while we're in this kind of spiritual realm, I owe a lot to where I'm at now from having a, um, a kind of supernatural experience, something that I couldn't explain. Um, I kind of made contact with something and now I have a, an ongoing relationship with it. I have my own understanding of it. Uh, it used to be different, you know, when it first happened, I thought hey, I was talking to aliens. But uh, I, it's been a profound experience and then eventually, you know, it got integ- integrated with psychedelics to further explore what was happening here. And I have a... a, a, a much different understanding of the paranormal and the metaphysical than when I first started doing this show because I had my own experience with it and um, it's completely different from from what it used to be and I want to get your take on these these experiences that people have through either meditation or psychedelic experiences or even what they call ET visitations uh, or any type of otherworldly encounter because most of these encounters that I've spoken with people about out, they come out better on the other side. It, it kind of enhances them. They uh, they seek more. They, it's like they have evolved their consciousness and they want to do better and seek more spirituality. And very rarely have people had these profound paranormal experiences and kind of regressed and you know started drinking and doing drugs and had a horrible life. So I find that very interesting that not only for me, but for many people, this is the truth. And uh, I want to get your take on it. Yeah, I, you know, it seems like it would um, maybe devalidate somehow or invalidate the experience uh, to do the psychedelics in in some people's minds, I think. Um, And I've done presentations about psychedelics because that's, I think that's like a doorway, man. That's like a a cheat code to get there. (laughs) 
I kind of agree with you. Right. And so like, there are these old stories of like uh, Ram Das going over, over to the East and giving these, these gurus acid and DMT and stuff. And they're just like, take it and just be like, that's just the outer lights, bro. You yeah. know, like that's nothing. Um, so, <clears throat> so I think through meditation and um, a lot of other ways, shamanic classic shamanic uh, journeys. I've done uh, some of that type of stuff as well and Reiki and things like that. But shamanic shamanic traditions are very rich. Uh, and, and there's a lot of different processes that you can undertake to sort of induce your own or work with a guide, you know, work with someone, uh, who either does drumming or listen to a recording of the drumming and they walk you through. And these, so, so these experiences can be induced in just, you know, in a regular state of mind as well. But I think there's so much validity to it. I think there's so much validity to our mind. I was, I remember when I got into magic and chaos magic and started reading about that. I just, I'm like, oh my God, I've never even thought about the limits of our imagination uh, and, and how to, how we use those. You know, we start with affirmations and self-help or whatever, but it's like you create words, paint pictures and a picture is a thousand words, right? And that emotion is created through the image so as we give ourselves over more and more to, let's say, mainstream media or TV or whatever, those are the images that are being forged into our minds that we can actively use our imagination and create with it. And I think a lot of those experiences are in that mental world very and very real. So I think there's a very real reality to it. And if you can find a way to access you know, your higher self or spirit guide or whatever that is and whatever form that that takes uh, guardian angel, you can call it whatever you want. Um, you know, then that's a very powerful process and a really, really useful tool to have in your arsenal. It's a, it's really, really good. And it's something that you can work with with somebody for a while and then get the ability to, uh, to do yourself. Right. Like and only, only in traditional therapy, are you in there forever? Right. Like, <laughs> In, in new age, like I don't want to say new age, but in you know more modern modern therapies and traditional shamanic stuff, it's like we teach you how to do this stuff so you can do it yourself, you know. Mm. Um, but but sometimes it's still good to work with somebody. It just depends on you and how how you like to do the process. But those, I think that I think there's a lot of people who have had experiences like you have. I've talked to a lot of people who have either. And maybe not even on drugs, right? Like had alien abductive experiences, mm. um, you know, uh, all kinds of different things, Kundalini awakenings, you know, th these types of things happen, um, you know, spontaneously seemingly. And, uh, and I myself have had, I guess the Akashic records opened is how it's been described to me. And so the idea of the Akashic records is just that the infinite, right? Like everything that exists is, is, is accessible somewhere in the mind of, of the all. And so for a moment, you catch a glimpse into that. And all it is, is, is love though. I mean, it felt to me like the experience that I had was like every question ever was coming through my head, like questions at the same time, like, blah, 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 blah. but the answer to each and every one of them was the same thing. And so I'm, and then I start to really feel like a feedback loop between my heart and mind and like, start to just be like, there's something that I get. And, um, and, and even caught some visions too, of, um, walking down this like dark, like cellar staircase and getting to the bottom and then falling and then being back at the top again, you know, this endless sort of loop, you know, back and up, back and up walking into that shadow. Um, 
So, yeah, um, I think there's a lot of validity to it. I think there's more validity to that than any Netflix show. And those are the stories that I love to hear the most, you know, uh, people and what they've experienced, the, the things that we can't explain, the things that make us scratch our heads. That's always been interesting to me. I've just had, it just took me a while, I guess, throughout life to be able to tie it together with some sort of a spiritual idea or understanding of what reality is or what we're experiencing as a, as human beings or consciousness. Yeah, man. Uh, and I, I want to get into chaos magic and, and the nature of reality and how uh, this kind of force is part of us all. And it's, it's, it allows us to manipulate in our own reality. I have experienced um, profound um, manifestation um, occurrences where, you know, I, it just through positive energy and, um, just even just you have to add hard work into it and mm -hmm. uh doing doing the things that your heart sings about and following your 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 heart and doing the right things and it, it's amazing what the universe will provide for you and i think a big part of that for me was following the synchronicities that would fall in front of me just weird strange things that would be like huh it'd lead me in a certain direction uh it may get me started looking at certain things and it led me to my first uh meditation contact experience so it's very interesting how the universe kind of works along with you and is, is a part of your consciousness to guide you in a certain direction, right? Yeah, I think that's particularly in interesting because, and I used to think about this years ago too, when I started to get into this stuff, like the first real book that I kind of tried to assimilate was Self-Reliance by Ralph Waldo Emerson. And this is like the process of me being, being able to, to take the spoonful of knowledge. Cause like before that, I kind of went to objectivism, before, you know, and, and that's when I was in this sort of dark phase of, uh, you know, conspiracy and all this kind of stuff for a couple of years. And then I had, I was like, I got to get out of this shit. I'm not even myself anymore, <laughs> but I read that book. And, and so the idea of like correspondence, you know, that, that we are emotionally engaging and interacting with the world. We're emotionally like communicating and telling the universe what to do, you know, <laughs> and like it took me a while to be able to stomach that, you know, to spoon it down because it doesn't seem right in my mind. Like my mind doesn't want to accept that as truth, mm -hmm. but the emotional transaction that's constantly going on with the universe, especially as I started to understand it, as time went on the actual process itself and how that works, how they use it in chaos, magic, hermetic magic, traditional manifestation, um, all of that. It's the same process. It's just the ritual is different. But to uncover that even further, you're the ritual because it's about you being those two uh, aspects and balancing those. So like the masculine and the feminine, the heart and the mind, you know, the masculine being this interface and the objective that we can touch. And then the masculine and then the feminine, that's that, that internal sense about us that has access to everything, right? Like the heart doesn't think or speak. It feels and knows the mind can, you know, do all of this cool stuff and interface, but it really should be sort of the co-pilot in the whole thing, right? Like letting that uh, emotion lead. Now we are also training our, our consciousness as well, you know, and that's pretty crazy to think about, but that's happened and developed over time. So being aware of that process and learning a little bit more uh, about how to use that as a tool and not a weapon against ourselves, I think is really uh, 
really useful and important, but ultimately it just is about, um, that alignment, you know, getting, getting things in, uh, in, in alignment together, working all, all, all in one, like the, 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 what is it? The opposites, the, um, unite the union of opposites. I, I forget mm. what it is. It's something, a, a, a appositorum or something. There's some cool, like Latin lingo for yeah, it, but, the, but, the, but it's the same in every single sect, every single I- ideology, whether it's witchcraft, whatever, it's really about creating the magic, the charm, that attraction. It comes from you being in an alignment because you're the ritual. You're the one who is communicating to the universe exactly what you want whether you do that positively or negatively, because if you agree, your heart and mind are like, we don't want this to happen. And you st- and you think about that all the time. And it's really easy to create something that you don't want because it's super simple for your mind and your heart to agree on it. Creating something that you do, <laughs> that you do want is a little bit more difficult because you have to find something that truly your heart and mind do agree on. It's like, you, the mind has to be engaged and, uh, and enjoy the task and the heart really wants to have done it. Um, so, I mean, I think as long as, uh, when, when those two are in alignment, super good flow theory, uh, charm, all of those things start to exude because of that authenticity being represented. It's why people love Chris Farley so much. Um, you know, cause he's just himself, like he can't be anything else. And so I think that's really what, the ritual is about and our communication with the universe. One of the biggest problems I think is people over desiring something 99% of the time. If you're over desiring something, it's probably not for you anyway. You know, it's just kind of probably out of alignment. I hate to say that, but it's, it just is what it is, but that over desiring of something, it will literally push it away. Like the more you want something, the harder, the more it runs away from you. <laughs> well, I mean, I've never experienced, uh, you know, I've never tried any kind of ritual magic or anything like this, but I imagine, you know, it's just like any other tool. It can be used for, for good or bad, just depends on your intent behind it. Uh, but I'm sure that those are used that are using on a mass scale for uh, nefarious reasons. Uh, do you think that there's karma involved for them? I do believe there's karma. Yeah. Everything will balance out. Uh, it has to, and I, and I don't know what that is. Maybe that's just a a really painful reuniting with the one, you know, I don't know what it is, but, um, but yeah, I do believe in that. Um, cause and effect is, is a very real thing. Uh, and the people who are, you know, mastering the rituals and stuff. Um, yeah, that there's a lot to think about with, with that, you know, because I don't think it's about fighting against it. It's like when we fight against something like an egregore pendulum, energetic entity, whatever, then we're actually validating it. So the biggest thing we can do is not engage it. Like imagine uh, you're at a football game and uh, the visiting team runs out. And instead of everybody booing and giving them energy, which is, which is negative, but it's still energy. Everybody just was quiet. They were just dead silent. And the whole stadium was like, you could hear a pin drop. They would be like, what the hell is going on? They would be so twisted around and they wouldn't be getting any energy because when they go out there and everybody's booing them, they're like, yeah, whatever. Let's, we're going to, we're going to destroy you guys. We're the bad guy. We're the villain in this story. And they identify with that egregore, that energy. And then they go with that. Right. And so you got the two, you know, 
the two things, but, but if you just say, nah, nah, <laughs> you just cut it off. Like it's not about ignoring it. You still see it, but you're like, okay, yeah, I see it. I'm just disengaging and I'm not giving my emotional energy to this. Then all of a sudden it doesn't have power anymore. So it's just really as simple as, as no, just saying, no, I'm not going to validate that with my attention. Cause you, you see how things get out of hand, especially in crowds and protests and stuff. When people go out and they start protesting things and then this side protests that side and they're protesting against each other and all those people are doing, they don't even realize how much they affect our entire society is because they're just like, well, we're going to ban you. And then we're going to ban you. And then we all get more rules, more regulations, more problems, more issues as a result of people just, <laughs> you know, being mad at each other. Um, but if we don't validate it with a reaction, then it, it doesn't exist. If we went back to 2016 and Donald Trump says, I'm running for president. And everybody was like, <laughs> yeah, right. Bro. <laughs> then I don't think he would have pulled it out, but because the media was so angry and people were like, this can't be this, this could, Oh, no way. This could, what a nightmare this would be. It's like, you're manifesting this by validating it, by giving this man credibility and saying, you know, wherever you stand on Trump, it doesn't matter. The man's brilliant as far as using that energy to leverage, right? Like he's leveraging that negative energy, right? Like, and there's a lot of people who do that. That's why controversy and drama on YouTube is going to get more clicks. (laughs) I even fall into it once in a while myself, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, of course, man. You can't, it's unavoidable sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) But, but the energy then, is still there, you know, it's, it's, it's energy, negative or positive. I think that's the big takeaway there. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I always wonder how much our thoughts can affect, um, the, our, the outcomes of reality and even create egregores like you were talking about earlier, where if enough people put enough thought and energy into something, will it just manifest and be true? And I've come to know, yeah, it probably will. Right. Especially if there's action behind it, right? Like you got to have that masculine principle too. But I'm, yeah, I mean, imagine a bunch of us like visualize something and we work toward it actively. Like that, that's just going to happen. It's just choosing at that point. That's not even manifestation. That's just saying, it's, this is what we're going to do. And then doing it. And then, and then someone will say, but such and such is going to happen. And maybe it will. Uh, but so what? Are you just going to sit around while the rest of us, you know, give it a shot, you know, like, it's like, that can't, it can't be done. You know, like, it's like, well, try it, you know, you don't, you know, you don't know until you try. And, um, and I think there are also ways to look at posterity and other people's failed attempts and be able to say, Hey, here's some things that may could be done differently uh, that would work a little better. Maybe don't name your organization, uh, United resistance, uh, front, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Maybe name your organization, you know, Granny's Baking uh, Bridge Club or something. Uh, Instead, you know, there's a lot of different things that we can learn from our past mistakes, from other people's mistakes, from our own mistakes, and just continuing, you know, say like to build community. And 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 I think that naturally leads to better actions and decisions. All all the reality is living, so it's not like you can just make a plan and it's just going to go just according to plan that never happens. That's the one thing that, that doesn't happen. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a constant 
dance, I think, as far as like moving within this reality. It's like we, you make this move and then something else happens. And I think, you know, the whole Guidestones thing, have you heard the theory that it was struck by lightning? I have. Yeah. I think that's interesting. I think there's something to that. I don't know. I can't prove any, any of that, but, right. um, but I think there's, I think reality is alive. Reality is living. I heard Gordon White say that one time and I was like, this guy is awesome. Yeah, like, I love Gordon. Yes. I totally, totally believe that. It's like, you know, to answer, to just to say like consequences, it's like, yeah, yeah. And you create an egregore and you swing that pendulum and it will swing back. Like where, who, wherever that's coming from, it's coming back. You know, the thing about karma, and this is what's interesting about it is if you launch something like that, let's say, um, I don't want to get too controversial here, but like, let's say you tell a whole entire, you know, society that they're bad people just because of the color of their skin. Right. Right. So if nobody drinks that poison, it all goes back to the source. Mm. You know, if I, let's say, let, let's say you, the, somebody wrongs me. Okay. And I, so, so, and then I get mad about it. Well, that energy that they curse me, I get mad about it. I hold that charge until it lets go. So until that lets go, it can't go back to source. I have it. It lives in me now. So that energy that was thrust upon me by whomever, like they cursed me or they did me wrong or they stole from me. And I hold on to that. It doesn't hurt them at all. As soon as I let it go, it can return to source. So whatever that is, that pervasive egregore that goes into society, the more people that kind of grab on to that energy and accept it, the less, the less it's going to swing back. But I think eventually it all will get released. Right. And then it does come back to source. Like it, I don't know how it manifests exactly. Um, but it, it has to do that. Like that's a definitely a natural law. And then the Kabbalion, it talks about, you know, being elevating yourself and your mentality and your perspective higher than whatever swinging. And so the swing from left to right down here is far more extreme than the swing that's up here. If you're like, well, yeah, gas is expensive or there's a gas shortage right now. Versus, oh my God, there's a gas shortage right now. You know, yeah. uh, those are two completely different perspectives to be working from. And you're always going to make better decisions up here and not, you know, at the effect of things anyways. Um, but yeah, I do think those, I do think those come back. Karma comes back. It has to, I don't know how they might be able to protect themselves from the from the retraction of the pendulum or if they think they can, I don't know, but it has to, it has to swing back somehow. So I don't know if they soften the blow, whatever, but yeah, there's no way. But now here's the thing though, if everyone bites it and they drink the poison, then I don't think there's energy left, right? Like it just got swung out there and we just all sucked, soaked it up. (laughs) Then we, we hold that charge now, right? Like, And as soon as we release that charge, it can return back to where it started from. But if it's in us, then we're, 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 we're carrying the toxin. I love that, man. That's, that's going to help me deal with some shit for sure. Uh, yeah, let's, let's offer if the last uh, few minutes that we have, let's offer some solutions for the people. I know you're working on some, some stuff yourself. You were telling me about something called a sonic portal before we started rolling. What is this? What are you doing with this? <laughs> Yeah. So I have a good friend. Uh, we've been collaborating, working together. Uh, his name is uh, James. Uh, his stage name is the Admiral hits. He's put together this sound. It's like a work of art. It's a, uh, it's, it's, it's a piece. Uh, and it is 
a bunch of gongs that surround. It's actually each gong is tuned to a planetary frequency. So you'd go in, you'd sit in the middle, and he's created this beautiful dome, and all of these gongs hang down, and he plays them for you. Uh, he's put a lot of work and time into this. It's actually kind of interesting because you know you study like let's say like the Monroe Institute and binaural beats and different mm. brainwave states and stuff. Well, the gongs can do that too. So you're kind of going to go in there, and he plays you down maybe into like theta, you know, and things can happen. Um, he doesn't like advertise it as anything other than an experience, right? It's just, it's just that. And I like that. It's very like Hayoka kind of thing, which I'm a fan of. Um, you know, I'm not trying to make any promises or heal anybody or say that I can do anything because I can't, it's up to them to do that. Right. Um, but, um, but it's a really cool thing. And he's taking this thing around, uh, to a bunch of different music festivals and met a lot of really cool people. We're going to be at Halloween. That's confirmed. That's in the fall. Uh, that's nice. toward the end of October. That's in Florida and probably try and swing another event down there with uh, some friends, Joe Roop from Fringe FM and uh, St. Pete, St. Pete Saltworks. If I can uh, pin it all down and make it all work, then we'll try and do an event down there in the, in the fall. So if anybody's down in the Southeast or down in Florida, in the fall time, right around when the Georgia, Florida game is, it seems like, uh, in this fall, uh, then come out, come on out and check it out. You know, what we, what I want to help James do is take this experience and, and deliver it in a more, I would say professional environment, uh, you know, for people who, Hey man, I want to decompress. Can I get some gong time? You know, cause I've been in the thing myself and it's, it is really powerful. It's you can listen to binaural beats and, have a, a great experience. Uh, but what's really unique about going into the sonic portal is that you're actually being affected physically by the vibrations. They're literally passing through you. So it's not just you're listening to them, they're hitting your cells. And um, yeah, there's a lot of really interesting vibrational stuff uh, that you could look into as well. Um, oh, what is her name? She wrote a really, really good book uh, that I, I have two of her books the electric, uh, electric, electric body, electric health, I believe is, uh, is the one that I'm thinking of. And, and that's by Eileen Day McCusick. Now she does, uh, tuning forks. If you've seen the tuning forks, yeah. um, those are pretty cool, <laughs> but, uh, but that'll tell you a little bit about the theory of, of how sound and, and how sound vibration works and the whole electric universe sort of theory. I think it really ties the rug together for me energetically because it scientifically kind of shows us what energy is. It's electricity. We're electrical beings as much as we are chemical beings or maybe more. Mm. And uh, we're not really taught that side of science. We're taught the, the chemical side, not the electric side. Uh, and so that's why grounding is so powerful because there's a, a, a charge in the earth and all that kind of stuff. Um, but anyway, uh, even any of the spiritual books, it, it shows you, you know, uh, our current is running one up and one down you know, through our, um, meridians through our body. Uh, so the sonic portal is really cool. Um, you can check it out on Instagram at son at sonic portal and, uh, check out blue collar mystics. I have James on often. He often co-hosts the show with me. Uh, when we have people on, sometimes it's just he and I shooting the shit and talking. He's a comic as well. And, uh, just finished his first screenplay. Um, so, um, so we've been collaborating over the past, say about a year well maybe six six months or so at least uh and uh and yeah i really appreciate what he's doing i think it's awesome it's a great contribution to what 
what I've been offering and what we are working on, you know, as a, as a collective with the whole idea of blue collar mystics, just trying to get the word out and uh, make things simple, accessible and, um, and, and really implementable and useful. Right. And like non-threatening to like religion or whatever. It's like, (laughs) I don't care. You can go to church on Sunday and we can still talk about the way that you feel and how it affects your reality. We can still talk about mindset and, what the all is, you know, it doesn't matter to me, you know, what your affiliations are groups or any of that. Uh, I really see all those as egregores anyway. <clears throat> right on, man. I love it. Uh, tell us about the blueprint to happiness program. What is it? Yeah, man. That's so that's something that uh, he and I had, had put together. That's, that's James's sort of title because happiness is so ne- nebulous, you know, so we thought that that was a nice mix. A blueprint is very concrete, <laughs> but happiness is kind of abstract. Um, it's really just a, a combination of tools that we put together uh, over the past God, eight years or so. You know, I t- teach a lot of stuff and I found a lot of people who could teach stuff that I didn't know. Um, and so I try to find people who are really good at what they do. My friend Abby teaches all about dreaming and Castaneda stuff. Uh, Jim Shane teaches about like emotional release techniques in a really basic and simple way to that childhood trauma, getting rid of that kind of stuff and finding it. Um, I had Vanessa Fernandez come and teach uh, the Enneagram, which I think is really, really valuable. Uh, It's an incredible idea. And we could do a whole show on that, but like, she's a really, really masterful at that. It's also a, a storytelling device which is cool. Um, we talked about the trivium, critical thinking, open systems theory, you know, how to use our brains better, what our purpose is. Ultimately, it's really about uh, finding, implementing uh, your purpose, right? And I, I try to help people create kind of a purpose statement just to kind of stay grounded, a mantra, even if you will, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and so, and that's, that's what I, the, majority of my work is, is with one-on-one or group clients. Um, any, inf- any information anybody wants, I got pages of information and, but we could just hop on and chat too. You know, I, um, I have a, like a calendar that's on all the links, all the websites, all that kind of stuff. You can just click and, uh, get a free consultation anytime chat with me, um, and say, hello. I love that. I love to engage with everybody. It's been Really cool. I stepped away from production TV stuff at the pandemic because I thought, oh shit, I'm never going to be able to work in this industry if I don't get the, you know, um, the thing. So that actually isn't true, uh, which mm-hmm. is nice, but I went full-time into coaching and I've had a lot of fun and success with it. Um, I've had some superstar, superstar people, who I've had the opportunity to work with and uh, it's been an absolute joy and a pleasure. So I just like, uh, I'm really happy to have the opportunity to, to be able to share, you know, what I've kind of painstakingly put together over the past eight years. You know, I, <laughs> I wish I had had somebody to help me with some of these ideas earlier. It would have quickened my progress. I'm fortunate to have a lot of people that I have, have run into over the past, I'd say two or three years who have really greatly helped me. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of what we decided on was blueprint to happiness. It really has to do with, you know, understanding ourselves, authenticity, um, being in, in unison, moving 
as a as as a as a singular entity, um, and uh, and then also, you know, having lots of different strategies for different types of cash flow and stuff like that. So try to make it as holistic as possible, but really focus on our the the self part because I think that over time that is what's most important. It's like you could build a rocket ship and just launch it and then go over here, but if you take the time to, you know, determine where exactly it's going to go then you won't build the bear that eats you. You'll do something that you actually like doing and enjoy. So that's a lot of the, um, the sort of work that is encompassed in the blueprint to happiness, uh, program. I love it, man. Uh, I love the stuff you're doing. Um, is there anything else that you're working on you'd like to mention before we close this out for today? We got some audio books on audible scribd all over. Um, got a couple different audio books I've done, a few, uh, there's a bunch on our YouTube channel as well, just absolutely for free. Uh, blue collar mystics, uh, blue collar mystics.org. I changed everything over in 2022, uh, to blue collar mystics. Um, so, uh, you can also check out my personal website, bootsygreenwood.com. That's got some stuff on there. There's some freebies and things like that on there as well. But, uh, yeah, other than that, I just really appreciate the time. I, enjoyed the hell out of it. I'm glad we got to connect and uh, I hope everybody out there has an awesome day. Like I hope you uh, feel great and uh, enjoy the time that you are spending here in this crazy prison planet. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> this was great. I had a great time and uh, I'm definitely enjoying my time here. It's a, it's a great ride. Uh, and thank you so much for coming on. We're definitely have to do this again soon in the future. Yeah, man. I'd love to have you come on and hang out with us. Um, For sure. Anytime. It'd be, be a lot of fun. It'd be awesome. Hell yeah. Hell let's yeah. do it. All awesome. right. Well, till next time, everyone. Have an excellent evening. We'll talk again tomorrow. See y'all then. Enjoy the video by Draugable. Serpents in the Mist. How can a man die better? than facing fearful odds for the ashes of his ancestors and the temples of his gods. <laughs>